your host, Eric Balance, and this is the Resilient Minds Podcast. Join me as I explore the capabilities of our minds and how our X Factor can become our Y Factor. Now is our time. Welcome to the Resilient Minds Podcast, everybody. I'm super pumped and grateful and excited to, you know, have my dear friend, Mr. Harry Singha here. What's going on, brother? How are you? I'm blessed to be here, man. Loving your energy. So excited that we're going to be doing this. It's been a while, man. So let's add some value, man. Yeah, man. Let's, let's show up. So you guys, for those of you that don't know who Harry is, he's, a, he's an incredible and amazing human. But I'm going to go through how much value and acknowledge him for all his accolades. So I just really want you guys to take it in because Harry began his professional speaking career at a young age of 60 and is now really recognized as one of the world's most inspirational and transformational speakers around the planet. You know, he speaks around five continents, um, you know, every year as a keynote speaker on his two favorite topics, empowerment, um, which includes service leadership, and of course, communication, which is, you know, the power of public speaking. He regularly shares the stage with amazing individuals like Sir Richard Branson, Lord Alan Sugar, Lady Michelle Moan, Nick Vujicic. President Bill Clinton, Robin Sharma, and Rob, and, and, and Tony Robbins, of course, to, to name just a few. As the speaker coach, Harry provides invaluable information to individuals and groups with the tools to become some of the greatest speakers, whether that be at home, at school, at work, in business, and even as professional speakers themselves, where he privately mentors some of the world's most world some of the world's most world-class speakers through his individual and group mentoring programs after transforming his own experiences of abuse domestic violence as a child harry has committed to a life of service leadership and this is the power of this man you know he's inspiring others to show up as leaders themselves through his foundation Harry has been at the forefront of helping youth create leadership programs for over the past two decades. Man, impacting millions of young people all over the world and continues to do so every year. I'm blessed to know this human. You know, in 2017, Harry was awarded the Global Humanitarian Award from a peer group of over 100 global change makers in recognition of his lifetime of service to communities around the world, especially the youth, slums, orphanages, homeless communities, and those affected by the human trafficking. It literally is an honor and a privilege, my friend, to have you here and and, and the legacy that you continue to leave behind and what you've already done um, is, is, is literally just, it's, it's beautiful. I'm very, very grateful to have you, brother. What an introduction. I'm, I'm glad you said he started when he was 16. Otherwise, you make me sound like I'm 100 years old, bro. And I remember reaching my 40s and receiving a, a Lifetime Achievement Award. I was like, no, no, you don't give them to people in their 40s. But um, it was good to hear that. But it, I mean, that's, that's what's out there. I mean, the most important thing I'd love you to add in that is... Um, for those that get to know me, it's, 
you know, we, we have the official stuff and it's like my most amazing and number one success in my world is my relationship with my wife. So um, for me, being that husband, being the father to our two amazing children and, you know, um, still striving to be the son that my mum you know, raised through her adversity. So, you know, I want to, I want to make sure like with your people, I know your community, I want to be real, you know, you could, you can read the bio, all that is true. I'm super grateful for it, but it's a, it's always, a, it's good to come in and go, yeah, but who is that dude really, right? So um, I'm just that humble kid that grew up in East London um, and doing the best I can to leave the world a better place. So that's, that's what it's all about. And brother Harry, you are man. Like, like I said, you know, we, we've, we've, we've had some time off the air, um, you know, before we even hit record and we've, 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 we've spent time prior to this, you know, and like, you're, you're the, you're, you're the guy, you know what I mean? Like, you're the guy, you're the real deal, you know, like there's no, there's no bullshit. There's nothing you're, 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 you've, you've, you've been there, you've done that. And I really want to dive deep, man, because I think that there's so many people out there that really um, they base their experiences of life based off of, you know, what may be going around um, in, in, in like the highlight reels, right? Of, of, of everybody, showreel, any entrepreneur, yeah. the big show reel, but they don't see what the truth is behind our experiences. So the one thing I always share with, you know, any of our viewers and it's a common denominator at the beginning of every podcast is, you know, every episode is the resilience, right? It, it really is the, our X factor. Um, you know, it's our experience that really determines what our big Y or Y factor um, contributes to. So I always say our X factor is our, our experience and our Y factor comes from that. So if you don't mind sharing, you know, First and foremost, what is a, you know, what has been your experience, you know, going through this roller coaster journey of life and how has that contributed to your big overall why? You better make sure you stop me because as a speaker, I could speak for five hours, right? Um, Absolutely. I'm like, I mean, I think it's important that, you know, you look at the things that happen in life and, you know, if there are no downs, there are no ups, we, we can get it all intellectually, but a, a little bit of backdrop. So I, I grew up with a, an alcoholic father who was physically abusive to me and my mother. So I, I experienced what people call domestic violence, you know, seeing my father attack my mum three, four, five times a week. I had two older sisters who couldn't wait to leave as quickly as possible and go to university. I had a younger brother, a few years younger than me, and it was like, let's put it, it was a very colorful childhood. And around the ages of 12, 13, I, I was sleeping on the streets of central London, just to stay away from this, this guy that I detested. And at 15 years old, I had to leave home. When I say had to, I was forced to leave home because of, you know, without the long gory story, my uncle tried to kill me in the middle of the night. And my mom, who I loved dearly, who I just wanted to protect, was the one that said, you got to go. So I grew up in that stage feeling that that was the worst day of my life because now there was something wrong with me. Everything I'd experienced from such an early age, what I saw and what I witnessed, I wouldn't wish on any child or adult. But now it, was, now it became about me. Now I've been taken away. And you can go one way or two ways. Right? 
and I don't people you know in the industry like how Eric and I we you know we talk about things that happen to us I at a very early age was like I had some questions and those questions were like why does he do what he how could he hurt such a beautiful soul why is he doing it that was the question the second was why did my mum respond the way she responded because she would tell me off if I stopped him or did anything I couldn't understand it so here's the thing I I needed to answer those questions and at, when I left home at 15 you can either go into complete destruction or you can also become very constructive and I'd always been looking after other people because I never spoke about what was happening in my life. When I went to school, it was like, wow, it's time to party. Because I was like, home was pain, school was a party. But I never wanted to know what was happening in other people's lives because I didn't tell them what was happening in mine. But if I saw anybody that wasn't happy or you know just wasn't fun, I'd be like, I'll go help them. I don't want to know your story, but I'm here for you because my brain, my young brain was telling me they must have it worse than me. And I was constantly helping people because I needed to. And bringing all of that together at 16, I, was I wanted to and chose to go into children's homes because my father used to threaten to put me in one. And I'd be thinking like a holiday camp. I thought it'd be like a holiday home, but once I started to visit children's homes, I realized it wasn't the holiday home that I thought it would be. And I used to just be there and I used to listen to other young people. Great clue there for you guys, in case you're wondering, like, how do you actually make a difference in people's lives? I used to just listen. And more importantly, I used to believe them. And my career came from that particular care home the manager contacted my youth worker and said, when is the social worker's colleague coming to do his next anger management workshop? And they all thought I was some sort of youth worker when I wasn't. And my whole why and my story that I want you to get is this. From the age of 16 onwards, I was setting up generic counseling services for the young people in our area. I was instrumental in the UK's first young people substance misuse in the in the late 90s and i was helping people helping people and i was too young to be trained and qualified with anything and from 16 17 18 19 to 20 i did the same counseling and therapy course picking a different therapy every year so by the time i got to 21 when they could try and qualify me i'd already become the chair of the mental health service for the whole of east london so I was doing great things, but I wasn't taking care of myself. And it wasn't until I was 25, you know, and, you know, I went to lots of different programs. I was immersed in Tony Robbins programs and different things like that, but I didn't do the live programs. It wasn't until you get to the live program, you have to close your eyes and do the work, right? Yeah, and then absolutely. I eventually, you know, I got to a place where I couldn't think of anything great in my life because... I was doing so much good, but when I took time out for myself, it was just dark. All the suppressed memories and everything, I used to think of that. So when I chose to turn my life around, I'd done therapy, I'd done different things. It was all about forgiving my father. My life changed when I forgave me and I forgave the 15-year-old who left home. So when people ask what drives me, what's my why? At the age of 25, I sat down on an empty chair with the 15-year-old me 
and said, I'm sorry. And I said, what you went through was not in vain. And my life changed from there because then I had to answer those questions. Why did he do what he did? Why did she respond the way she did? And WTF's going on. And, you know, for the great wisdom of many of the teachers we've had, I was told, and I took on board the greatest gift from the whole of the personal development world was no matter what happens in my life, I get to choose the meaning. So when we talk about resilience, it was like, well, I can choose the meaning. Okay, let's do this, right? And literally got a piece of paper and put, why did my father do what he did? And I literally thought, my father did what he did. So I would go and find out why people do what they do. And I thought, I like that. Let's put that down. And then the second question, why did my mom wow. respond the way she responded? I could never understand it. And truth be told, I was struggling with the answer to that. But there was one part of my brain going, just write whatever you want, because you can choose. So I wrote, mm. my mum responded the way she did because she taught me unconditional love. And there's the other part of my brain going, bullshit, bullshit, that's not true. If she and I thought, shut up. And I wrote it down. And I put, my mum did what she did to teach me unconditional love. And then the third one, WTF's going on. Why did it happen to me? No hesitation. I just put the two together. Everything that happened to me was so I could find out why people do what they do and go and take back to other young people and tell them the answer to WTF is going on from a standpoint of unconditional love. And my life changed from there. My life changed from helping, helping other people because I needed to, to now healing myself, not having to try and forget something to cut off, I literally turned my worst day into my best day because I was, you know, I had the perfect story for every reason why things were not going right for me. And then I looked at the girl that I had in my life, this amazing soul, and I thought, you know what? I'm on a path to get rid of her because that was my pattern. They don't want to stay with anyone for too long because I don't want to get too intimate and tell them. And I'm like, look at this gift that's right in front of me. And she was the first person I started to tell her about what happened to me. And now to this day, that, beautiful soul is my wife so that's why you know I don't say it's lip service when I say my greatest gift is my relationship with my wife so now when people look at where does Harry's resilience come from where's his why where's his legacy it's a it's to honor the 15 year old me and realize that everything I went through as painful as it is there's a gift in there somewhere you know and you hear all the cliches you know your mess into your message your test into your testament you know I turned my worst day into my best day and it's it's a daily labor of love because if i want to blame all the terrible things i have to also blame all the great stuff so you know just me getting here to speak to you you know being able to meet my brother eric through the world that we're in that was because i left home at 15 it was because i had those experiences so the humility in me is is strong because everything i do is to honor everything that happened to me so you know that's hopefully that answers your question and i went on a little bit of a tangent you know you, you know no you didn't you, you you gave tremendous value because i think for me what has really i've understood and 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 i took it in like you know i could resonate with so many of these different um stories that you're telling and, and how you decided that you're going to make the choice of what it means regardless of what this 
this other voice keeps telling you, you made the choice. And what I wanted to make note of um, to everybody that might be listening is that the reason, so Harry made three options for himself. Because if we have one option, we have no choice. If we have two, there's a dilemma, but three, we have a choice. So, so that is something that I think that is super powerful is you gave yourself three options because now you, you decided to make a choice from those three options. And I think that that's super powerful um, and emphasizing that for anybody that whenever you make a distinction in your, in what you want to do to evolve to the next stage is making you know, a list of three different options and which one, because then you really do have a choice of which way you want to go. And you made, I just want to acknowledge that you decided and committed to something that was super powerful that you, you, you were going to see the upside no matter what. And I think that that's a beautiful gift to have that type of level of awareness. And I just want to really acknowledge that because I think that that's something that as you know, as leaders, as conscious leaders, we really want to show up for the world and in that, you know, you've been doing it for a lot longer than I have. And I think that that's something that, you know, I'm learning a lot, you know, just speaking and hearing what you just shared in that message. So thank you. So, you know, um, as we continue to go on this, I really want to know, like, you know, you've been through, you know, these constant, you know, ups and downs, and that process of awareness is, is very clear and distinct with you. Describe the process that you kind of put yourself through. You, you talked about writing things down. You talked about giving yourself options. You talked about making the decisions. But is there a process that if somebody is kind of going through something similar right now, or, you know, they're, they're, they're really comparing their conditioning um, based off of, you know, their own experiences, because you know, the, the, the part where you relate to, to mom and dad, that's like, that's wholeheartedly so much with me and, and the relationship side of things. And I, I probably do a lot more. And there's probably a lot of people that are listening right now that do the same thing. So is there a process that you would consider um, for anybody that may be listening right now that might be advantageous for them to really take those experiences and turn them into you know what we always say, life happens for us, not to us. Correct, correct. Um, absolutely, absolutely. And I realized, you know, by the time I hit like 24, 25, I've been helping so many other people with tools and strategies that was learning from people and learning from therapy. So I already had a, a whole bunch of tools, but then I was like, why is it not? Why, why am I not doing it for myself? So I want to make sure that everybody that's listening or viewing or watching this, I always say to people, you know, eventually I wrote a book and the book was called WTF's Going On. And in there, I wrote, I created a process called LIGHT, L-I-G-H-T. But I, I, even in the book, I wrote before anybody could go through this process, had someone come to me at 18 years old, my father died when I was 18. I went straight back home, looked after my family from there. But if someone had come to me at 18 and said, hey, look, here's a book. It's going to show you how to turn your worst day your best. I would, be, I would have beaten them up. I would have attacked them. I would have been like, how dare you? What do you think you know? And you have no idea what's happened to my life. So I realized there were some things I needed to get in place before I could go through this process myself. So that first thing was 
that I, I was angry and I had this anger inside me. But the biggest thing was I couldn't relate to anything that was great in my life. So I remember when I misheard what Tony Robbins said, like, think of something, think of what you're grateful for, close your eyes and share it with your buddy. And I was like, I was the guy in the, you know, as a young person, I'd be writing down, close your eyes because I was taking down what he was doing. I was going to go and do it with a bunch of young people. Right? But until someone came up to me and said, close your eyes, do the exercise. I was like, what did he say? And I was like, oh, he said, think of something great in your life. So I was like, and I couldn't think of anything great. And I remember crying. I had someone come up to me, go, it's okay, buddy. And I was like, screw you, it's not okay. And I just needed to have something great. And I was writing it. And then it taught me a process that I wanted to just fill a page of things that were great. And I was this achiever. I was helping other people. Why can't I think of anything great? And it taught me this process, the gratitude flood, to fill a page of greatness. And I realized that if I couldn't think of anything great in my life, then it's really difficult for us to take something terrible in our life and link it to the greatness in our life, right? So that's the first thing that no matter what you do, if you've got challenges in your life, especially back in the past, if you associate with something that's called your worst day, I can give you tools, but the, if you can't get to a place then I say the first thing you must do every day for 30 days, blank sheet of paper, fill the whole page of what is great in your life. And don't do like me. I, I, my writing suddenly got a lot bigger trying to fill the page, right? Don't do that. So for 30 days, it will, it will transform your life. If you do nothing else, just for 30 days, keep listing all. And it's okay to repeat each day, right? But you will get to a place where you go, okay, there is some greatness in my life. And then the next process was the light. It was amazing because I, I, I knew the processes. It wasn't until a few years later I put it into an acronym. And I was like, wow, what do you need to get from your worst day, darkest day, to your best day? You need light, right? And light is what my name means, right? So I'm like, this is beautiful. So light, and I'll say it real quick here, L-I-G-H-T was the process I've used and I've helped thousands of people use because my story is not uncommon. Like, you know, Eric relates to other people, like 90% of people on the planet, they may not have had the same exact experience, but we've all had, and I say 95, because many people have grown up and say, hey, I haven't had those adversities, and that's okay. That's your gift, right? Don't feel you have to have this crazy adversity, right? Because your blessing is to be able to come and share your blessings and your gifts. So L-I-G-H-T, L, let it out. I believe that we live in a world of people who are emotionally constipated. <laughs> let me just say that, right? They're holding on to shit. And what I mean is, I never told anybody what was going on. I just suppressed it all inside. Thought, you know what, after a while you get numb from it and it's not, it doesn't really affect you on your day to day. Sure, it bothers you when you're on your own, right? So the first one is let it out. When I say let it out, I'm talking, you don't have to verbally go and tell someone, hey, let me tell you, Johnny abused me and do No, no, no. That's one way. You can write it. You can sing it. You can draw it. You, it's expressing the emotion that's the most important thing. And speaking and telling someone is a way, right? So L is let it out. Because if you don't let out that energy, 
and you know the, the quote with it, it takes more energy to suppress it than it does to express it. So we're always going one step forward, two steps back, right? And those of you that are still there holding on to shit, you'll know what I'm talking about, right? So you've got to let it out. You've got to let it out. That's the L. And what I mean by that is you take this experience, and for many people, you have like worse days, right? You take the experience and you go, what is the emotions and the feelings that I had about that day? Let it out. Get it out, right? Then you can move forward to the next bit. I. I is so important because... It's like we all have different experiences and people seem to be in like competition of who's got the worst day and so on. That's not the case. So I was, what was the initial meanings that I labeled to that day? I, why did I call it my worst day? Why did you call it your worst day? And I was like, it was my worst day because now I thought something was wrong with me. Before everything that was happening, no one knew. But the moment I had to leave home, social services got involved. My teachers knew. So one of the labels I put was, now there's something wrong with me. The other thing was, I put a label saying, I'm now homeless. Even though I was sleeping rough on the, at the age of 10, 11, 12, now I'm homeless, even though I went to go and live with my aunt. And I remember my young son, when he was six, seven, he read my book. And he said, Daddy, you wasn't homeless. You went to live with your auntie. I said, I know, but that was the meaning I put to it at that time. So how many bullshit meanings we can put to stuff, right? So I needed to get very aware of why was this my worst day, right? So that was what I is, like initial meanings. Now, why did we need to know what the initial meanings is? Because you remember in a personal development world, we were told, and I took it to heart and believed it with a conviction, I can choose the meanings. So G is greater meanings. So now I needed to come up with the greater meanings. I'm like, are you kidding me? I've got to come up with the greatest meaning of me leaving home, leaving my mum. Are you mad? I thought that's the process. And then I started put, this is where you link the greatness. You know, like what Tony calls now, like, you know, this, I've just turned 50. So you've got to realize that is 35 years ago that day. And I remember saying that, I needed to link greatness. So I needed to do positive blaming, right? So what greatness came? How can, I, how can I blame all the terrible stuff because I left home that day to all the good stuff? So I, you have to go, what's the greater meaning? Did I become someone who was so compassionate and helping other people? 100%, right? Was I more caring? Did I, you know, right now you've got to understand is to this day, Every year since I was 13 years old, on New Year's Day, I'm still, I'm still out there with homeless guys in central London. Wherever I'm in the world, I will always be serving the homeless community because they, they have a part of my journey. Youth leadership summits, how much work I do for women's empowerment. Why? Because I experienced what my mum went through as a gift. So there was all this greatness that I was doing. I set up youth coaching academies. I was like, my God, all these things came from that. So now I felt like, you know what? I'm turning this worst day into my best day. And that's not enough because this is all psychologically, this is the greatness, right? So I thought there's got to be something else. How do I make it and be absolutely authentic and not to prove to anybody else? How can I take it to a point where this is, 
this is genuinely my best days now. And I knew there was two other steps. And that next step was the H. And the H was probably the most critical step because H I call honor myself. And what I mean by honor myself is what I said earlier to you guys. Everything I needed to do, the people telling me I need to forgive my father, I need to like, you know, reframe what happened to me. And I said, I get all that. But it wasn't until I sat down and spoke to the 15 year old me and said, I'm sorry. And everything you went for, went through was not in vain. And my 15 year old me came back and said, I know, I love you and I'm proud of you. That changed my life because now I got to honor myself. I got to honor everything that happened rather than looking at it like something, I've got to lose the worst parts and keep the, but no, I take the whole. So that was why H is honor myself. And then like anything in the personal world, it's probably the, the 2% of the people that make it and they don't make it. And I remember when I first state, when I first created that last part, it wasn't, it wasn't called T, it was called consistency, right? But I needed to have the light model, right? So T stands for train myself. And it's like, when you look at Eric, Eric didn't get that physique that he's got because he went to the gym for one day and said, you know what, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have that body. I'm gonna be cut, I'm gonna be like this, and I'm gonna have energy. He didn't do like one whole day. He has to do it consistently, right? So T stands for train myself. And then that was, that was easy for me. What that meant was every single day, when I write down my gratitude and my gratitude journal, I'm telling every day, today's a blessing. And I got that blessing because I left home at 15. That's why I can, with authenticity, turn around and say, you know what, do I still feel the pain? Yeah, but it's no more suffering because I genuinely 100% would not trade my experiences for anything else. Because if I did, look at all the beautiful, I mean, I, like Eric said, I get to travel around the world and serve some of the most you know, prolific people on the planet who are serving other people. And then I can serve the people that nobody knows, you know, and to sit with one child who people deem got nothing and learn so much from them and just you know, makes their day a brighter day. That's all it is, right? So that that's the process. There's the model. L I G H T. Let it out. I love it. Initial meanings, greater meanings. Honor yourself. Train yourself. Make it consistent. Like me speaking here with you guys today, it wouldn't happen had I not left home at the age of fifteen. Yeah, exactly. I love it, and I think that it really touches on on a lot of cool key things that allow. One thing that I want to that allow like one to connect to himself or herself. One thing I really want to touch on is this, um, um, or elaborate a little bit further on around this 15 year old, this, this like, um, inner critic associated with that 15 year old and how you are able to take yourself through an experience that could sit down with your wounded child essentially. And I think that, you know, I've done, you know, the wounded child work multiple times and I realize there's always new things um, that I feel currently that I need to go and like thank my parents or apologize to them or, or tell them I love them or whatever from that state of the 15 year old 
and also, but you talked, you talked, you touched on talking to that, 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 that individual, that, that part of you, how, if somebody, cause you know, people may be looking at it saying, listen, like, how do I even do that? What does that even look like? What kind of a process, what allowed you and what gave you that awareness to give yourself that connection to your inner self that way because i think that that's a unique process not a process but but an awareness level um to give ourselves that gift to connect in that way in a deeper capacity especially as men because you know a lot of men sometimes um and, and you know i've worked with 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 plenty know that it, like what's this woo woo shit or what's this you know they, they the ego this this like this macho persistent to me that's and i can i can say that i was probably like that at some point um there's no question yeah, yeah. um now you know if anybody's listening to us uh coming from both of us i think it would be really powerful to hear from you what does that look like and how was that able that awareness 100%. level i can i remember i remember the exact day of like how it happened and then i always i've got this philosophy where i already i was instilled with certain beliefs remember the one was that other people had it worse than me whether that was true or not back then that was my truth I, for some reason i was gifted with the belief that others had it worse than me because I could still go to places and put a smile on my face. Right? Uh, I built up a tolerance for pain and all the things that were happening at home. That was one thing. The second thing, the trigger that made me go and go through this process was, I was, as a young person, I was working with adults and I had adult people around me in a team and you know, we were doing, and I remember one guy had his, girlfriend or his, uh, who became his wife later they they were dating and they were having an argument and it was in the sort of kitchen area and he had said something and so on and you know she stormed off and there was a bunch of us there and he was like oh, i better go after her. i hope she forgives me and i went bro you better forgive yourself first and as soon as i said that to him i was like how many times have we ever said something to someone that we needed to hear and I remember thinking, I've been doing all this forgiveness work. I've been having this therapist that keeps asking me, how do you feel? And I said, I feel like shit when we do this forgiveness work because I feel like every time I forgive my father, I feel like he's done something to me. So I, I don't feel nice. It's like, it's like having surgery without an anesthetic. That's what it was feeling like. And they were like, you need to have more sessions. But I remember the moment I said to that guy, make sure you forgive yourself before you forgive her. That was the night I went home and said, right, how do, how do I forgive myself? I was like, I remember having the, that gestalt therapy of you, my father died, remember? So when I was doing it, they were like, there was an empty chair and I was supposed to have a conversation with my father. And I play full out, you know, tell him what you think, say that, you know, the whole let it out stuff. And then, you know, ask for his forgiveness, forgive him. And I was like, now, so I don't want to make it too clinical or too complicated. If you've had an experience in your past, have an empty chair, sit the past you. And that's not difficult because you've been thinking about it over and over again, right? You put the, the younger you 
And now, I mean, there's so many people around the world that put it so eloquently about Hopopono. I literally did Hopopono when I was that age. You literally, the first thing, if it's okay, do not, I did not know what to say. I did not speak for five minutes. I kid you not. You just gave me goosebumps. You literally just gave me goosebumps. This was, I was did looking you? at the 15 year old me, could not speak. And the first oh. words that came out of my mouth while I had tears running was, I am sorry. And I said, I'm linking all the shit to everything in my life to what happened to you. And you know what? There is greatness in my life. And today, I'm going to make sure I commit to you that everything you went through is not in vain. And the 15-year-old me looked at me straight back because I was playing full out. I said, I know. I love you and I'm proud of you. And I said, thank you. I love you too. So it's just like meditation. There's no wrong or right way to do it. Could you feel like shit afterwards? Yeah. But if you can forgive yourself for linking the shit to what happened to you, I promise you, you will be lighter. That's why I called it the light model. Right? So I don't want to prescribe it as if it's You've got to do this. You've got to have someone else. I genuinely say, do it on your own. Do it on your own. I love and, and and if you can just elaborate on what Hopo Ono for for anybody that that uh, that isn't aware of what it is or or what it means and what what it's like almost like a prayer, but like it's simple words. Go ahead, please. I, I'd love for you if you can share, Harry. Yeah, it, I mean, there's many ways to put it across. It's it's simply an to me, it's an energy, right? So when you think of like Hawaiian and very, very deep, deep rooted spiritual energy of, I'm sorry, forgive me, I love you, thank you. In any order, people get caught up with the order. That's why I deliberately put it in a different way. So if you want to know the energy of it, it's simply to say, I'm sorry. It's simply to say, I love you. It's simply to say, thank you. And if you want to ask for that forgiveness, I mean, just by saying sorry is enough, right? But what it does, you don't even have, like, let's put it this way. I was speaking to someone that wasn't there. I even then went on and did the process of forgiving my father afterwards. So you don't have to have the person in front of you. Like, I have challenges with my brother. I have challenges with other people. I can still sit here at night and during the day, and I can reach out and say to anybody, Anybody that I have an grievance with, and I can sit there and say, I'm sorry, forgive me, thank you, I love you. And Eric, one of the things I want to link with is one of the things we learned from Tony about levels of relationship. Level one is where you're just, it's you, 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 and you're irrespective of what anyone else. Level two, you're now thinking about the other person's needs, but it's a conditional love. It's a conditional contract. And I'll give you what you want as long as I get what I want, but the power is still here. Level three is when you can make the other person's needs your needs. And at a young age, I realized level four was, can I make the needs of someone that hurt me my needs? And I don't know how to put that to people, but you are going to get hurt by people life is going to give you that but if you can find a place that you can still add value 
send love and compassion to someone who's you know done something that you perceive as really bad for you that's another form of hopefulness you know you can just turn around and say you know, think it's everyone's thinking like oh you must say sorry to me no yeah. just give that energy that's that's what it's about i love how you put it as an energy and you actually because you're right like it doesn't you don't need to be in front of a person it could be an energy and it could be a connection with somebody somewhere completely on the opposite side of the planet and the order never matters it never matters um and i remember actually uh tony saying that so many times like who gives a shit about the order you know it's like mm -hmm. It's fascinating because I, I remember I used to forget it. Same thing. I used to be like, okay, well, what's, what goes first? What goes second? And I would get all caught up in the order of it. And I'd be like, who cares? It doesn't matter. It's the energy. It's the presence. It's the affinity of wanting to, to really step into that energy and wanting to, 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 to either give it out or, 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 or receive. Um, and, and I think that that's when you send, when you connect that to the, to the, to the aura of the energy, I, I think I really like, for me, that was very, just like, uh, it was, it resonated powerfully. So thank you for that. Um, Harry, you know, you're, you're, you're always dealing with beautiful and amazing individuals that are doing tremendous things around the planet. Right. And they're always, you're, you're clearly in this, you know, um, vibration in, in the world where, you know, you've lifted yourself up and you've, you've, you've attracted the frequency of very similar energies into your world. Now, when you, you know, I'm sure that when, when you, you also um, attract the polar opposite the, that, you know, that have complete opposite um, views from you. How do you respond to that? Um one of the toughest things. I was interviewed by someone in Australia who I love dearly and uh, you know I knew her since she was a little kid went for a youth program and now she's serving so many other people around the world and it was like just a very like, let's just have a chat and she put a camera on and everything and I had literally just come back from a tour of Africa where we you know, we were doing all the corporate stuff, we were doing all the bling bling stuff, and then I go away and do all the service stuff. And, and I met an organization that had a, what they call a teenage pregnancy project, a teenage pregnancy project in the UK or in the States or Australia, something else. Here, there were 60 young girls who had been raped by their fathers, and they and they'd become pregnant. And this was just the tip of the iceberg. And I remember telling this person while she's interviewing me she said you see some of the worst and some of the best of humanity and i was sharing it and i was getting emotional as i was sharing it. she said like how do you do that and why do you do that and i say you're right i i see the best and i see the worst of humanity and when it comes to it's very easy for me to go you know what i could just leave all of that dark side and when i when i'm approached by people people will attack people that are doing good and it comes back to that i mean i think tony puts it really eloquently it's like you know you talk about trading expectations for appreciation i always look at other people and think you know what can i in this moment still show compassion for this individual even though what they say and how they're doing it is directly opposing from my own energy 
and I, it's like as if I've tricked myself to go, that person's pressing my buttons, and I'll get pissed off just like anybody else. I'll get angry and so on. But I can't stay there for too long because if you commit to a life of service, I can take that energy to my wife, to my kids. And it's, so for me, it's okay. It's okay because remember life's happening for us, not to us. So I'm like, their gifts will come. I can do as much as I can, but like what Deepak always taught me, you, you know, you don't have to fight or defend your belief or your way. That defense of an opinion is like what creates wars and so on. So I'm okay. I'm, I'm, I'll be there. I'll debate. I will say this, that, and the other. But after a while, if I feel like, you know what, you can have debate. You know, like I'm, I'm in a sports world. Like I'm an Arsenal fan. So I, I'm a football fan. I can do the banter. But the moment when I feel, you know what, there's like pain happening here. People are like really, it's affecting me. You let it go. So there are people that will do things that really freak me out. And I'm like, I think the best gift I'll give you and the answer to that is, and some people don't want to hear it, so let's give the truth, the whole truth, right? Uh, if I see greatness in someone, it means it's within me. Right? And our ego gets really excited about that. So if, if anyone's watching this and going, oh, you see this Harry Singer, he's such a lovely dude. You know what? I have this saying that says, if you spot it, you got it. Because not mm. everyone will appreciate authenticity. Not everyone mm. will appreciate that this guy may be like a, you know, a great speaker and so on. Not everyone will appreciate it. If it's in you, you've got it. And what's the flip side? And this is the truth. If I see someone doing something that I think is not like me and so on, here's the truth. That is me. Because if I spot it, I got it. So if I see someone who is maybe, you know, manipulating someone, because my biggest, I tell, I tell you, my biggest bugbear, because of where I am in life now, where I'm, I'm looking at helping the elite performers, people who've made it financially impact, they like got everything, they think they have everything. I want to find out who they are beyond all of that because I'm seeing too many people who are elite performers serving with a mask. There's no mm. authenticity. So my, my biggest bugbear is people doing good, but fully loaded with conditions, right? But guess what? I look at that and think, you know what? Shit, that must be in me too. And therefore the answer to it is this. If you see someone great and doing great things, don't put them on a pedestal. Say thank you because it's in you, do more of it. If you see someone doing something that's not you, don't bitch and moan about them. Say thank you, it's in me, and I better make sure I don't do that too. They are, you get an opportunity to raise your standard. If you carry on bitching and moan at them, you know what will happen, where attention goes, energy flows. So that, that's, the, that's probably a more robust answer to how I deal with that and so on. So, you know, Harry, that I, is I love the polarity dynamite. of life. Yeah. yeah, dynamite. That is so. Like, I'm. I, I don't know about anybody that's listening, but I am learning so much right now, and just having having you know these brilliant um, 
the the way that you elaborate these ideas has become like for me it just it it really hits home you know so 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 where do you get these amazing ideas brother because like you know is it is it is it from this consistent never ending improvement over the past you know 35 years or you know where where do all these ideas come from my friend I, you know what there are so many people i read a lot i consume a lot i never stop learning never stop learning mm. and the moment i find something that i think oh that's interesting i mean this is amazing we live in a world right now that if you see something amazing you'll copy and paste it you'll forward it you'll retweet it boom right and it's done I, i'm an advocate that like you hear something and you see something you go this is really cool take it and immerse yourself in it for the next 24 36 hours use it use it so it'll become in you and here's the thing i'm always looking for commonalities you know what did wayne dyer say what did deepak say what did tony robbins say what did such and such say and here's the other thing I always used to say to people, some of the concepts and tools and stuff that I share, whether it's speaker training, whether it's service leadership, or whether it's helping people get in touch with their life legacy, some of the people think, oh, who did, who did you learn that from? And they're thinking like, is it a Tony Robbins? Is it like some wise old guy that's sitting on a mountain? No, some of those times, that's my daughter. I surround myself with people who I say are like my inspiration. They overcome their adversities. They've done, and you know what? They say stuff. And I'm like, whoa, I'm writing that down, right? And then I sort of mix and match it with some concept that we've learned back in the past. I remember when I first met Tony Robbins and so on, I remember even when there were so many times, I was on a stage of UPW, at my first UPW, I won the Simon Says. And it was like, I'm on the stage and Tony's telling everybody, like, after humiliating me, right? Then he says, model this young man. He meant the concept of Simon Says, modeling. I took it as, shit, he's just given me a huge endorsement. Every model, everyone model this young man. So I'd be like, oh, modeling. Modeling meant so much to me because he had said it in that moment. And then I remember, two, like, 9-11. In 2001, the first plane that was coming out of Hawaii, people were offering us thousands of dollars to take our ticket. Who was on the front of that line for that first plane coming out of Hawaii? Tony and Sage and me standing right behind them, right? And I remember in that moment, I used to say to him, I thought I made up all the half of the shit that I read in your books. And he was like, oh, Finn, and I said, he goes, you did. And I said, what do you mean? Because I all the, some of the tools and strategies I created as a kid, when you read Tony's book, like, oh my gosh, how was that in there? And I remember the biggest thing I said to him as I was leaving, I said, thank you for letting me make take it like be me, let it be my own journey. I remember him saying, you passed. Because we, we get caught up with like, who said this, who said that? There is so much wisdom out there if you've taken it on board, you've got to realize this, Eric, some people will watch what you've watched. They've read what you've read. They've immersed in the programs that you've immersed and they haven't got it, right? The only reason it becomes alive is because you've attached it to something that you've learned from somewhere else. And it's 
a lot of my life is I will quote the people where there's something specific, but usually some of the biggest, biggest wisdom for me comes from totally messing up and hearing little things that someone said. And in their context, it meant one thing, but in my context, I could link it to what all these other masters have said. And then it's like, boom. Right? So this whole spot it to, if you spot it, you got it. I, I was trying to explain to someone this concept and it was a young kid goes, you mean if you spot it, you got it. I went, boom. So I just want you to understand simplicity is the best. Simplicity Absolutely. is the best. My friend, um, yeah, and, and it's like modeling and appreciating the experiences of ourselves and what everyone else is saying. And, and there's so much, you know, commonalities and how we can use that to our own advantage and then pass it on. Um, it's like Tony says, uh, learn it, learn it as if you're going to teach it. And it, it becomes really beautiful. 100%. 100%. 100%. So, as a as the thing that's it. Yeah, Harry, you know, I'd love to know if, because, you know, you've, you've dropped so much value here and I'm certain there's more that you, you know, th there's so much that you do like with, with, with Speaker Academy and how, tell us a little bit briefly about Speaker Academy and what that looks like, what that entails and, um, you know, how you're showing up today in the, today in the world. Yeah, so when you think about it, my first role as a professional speaker, I mean, I was getting paid, we were running workshops. So I didn't think of it as a speaker. So 16 years old, my first paycheck and so on. And that was like 35 years ago. So I'm sitting there thinking, we never had any speaker training, we would just go and do this thing called workshops and do training and speaker AGMs. But I'd always look at these other people and go, wow, they're like amazing. And then they were, they were like getting paid a lot. And I was like, how do you get to that strategy and that stage? And in the end, I was just too busy serving, serving, serving. And about a decade ago, I was really pissed off with the speaking industry. How there were so many speaker trainers giving this training and the making. What I started to see was people go on speaker training and then not make it as speakers in their own definition of whatever that was. And then they became speaker coaches. And I'd be like, this is getting ridiculous. So I decided like, you know what, I wanted to commit. There were two things I always loved doing and I felt that was a gift. Inspiring people to become service leaders and become great communicators. So I took a chunk of this and said, I now wanna really shake up this market, show people what people do, how to do it, how to do it authentically. And I created the model world-class speakers system and the reason was world-class was about standard but it's the acronym so class was how do you create content and it's c-l-a-s-s -S. so content that i just wanted people to be able to get better and have this gift of communication but i also wanted these people that identified themselves as speakers to give them a framework and go this is a standard from a guy who's been speaking for 30 years, you know, spoken on Tony's stage, helped a lot of the speakers. I was like, how can I just gift this? And you know how it is, the moment you put yourself in industry, then you like to do more and more. So now it's, you know, we got the World Class Speakers Academy, but I still want to keep it simple. All I'm interested in is those people, I see people fit into two categories. They're either like just starting out and they just you know, want to overcome whatever they, they think is called fear of speaking or do. And I go, yep, you know what, have that. 
have everything you need, just stuff that you can consume, keep it all under 100 bucks, bang, serve the world. Those that really want to take it seriously, we just said, you here's the whole shebang, give it to them. So I like doing it where now I was always doing the online world virtual. And then we would, you know, my own personal thing, I would help people who'd go on a group. But then I was looking for the people who, you know, my own personal coaching was with individuals who were like, I want to, I want to make a difference with that, that whatever their definition of community is. Right? And I thought this was great. If I can help them embody that world-class speaking system, you know, creating content, delivering and monetizing your message. There were the three key areas. And that, that's what's been happening. So I, I was on an interview last week and I said, I spent two decades of my life helping people make a, uh, you know, a living from their passion. And I said, now I'm at the stage where I now want people to make a passion of their living because I have now decided that I want to focus on the people that feel they've made it. And these are the people that can affect a lot of change, right? that people have made it. And I keep calling them elite performers, elite performers who've made it in business, arts or sports. Financially, they take it, it's all done. Impact is done, but they're feeling empty and they feel like, hey, financial legacy is there, but what's your core legacy? And that's what everything we spoke about earlier. I get that core story. You can see the top footballer, the top boxer, the top business, the guys who I, who I know in business, you know, billionaires doing everything. And it's like, if you could, if you could teach something in your life that you, they go, hey, you know what? I grew up and uh, like, if you look at Akon, grew up with no electricity, no lights, made it as a pop star music. But his real legacy is he's going around creating electric light bulbs and so on across the whole of Africa. Right? You have other people who have, who are you beneath what you do? And that's, that's what lights me up. So I still have this. I believe that these are the people that can make a bigger difference beyond like generations to come right so that was a round the houses speaking is still a big part of what i do and uh, for me that's why i created the world-class speakers academy put a team there that can serve people really to just show people that you know there is a way there is a way to do speaking there is a way to do it authentically and it's the top standard right it's what the others are using so it, it's still my passion uh, but you know now now it's all about how can we get others to serve even more you know my mum always told me help the helpers and I, I just elevated it to right who out there can genuinely consistently help and help them and then I, I can give them by giving my my journey I'm, I'm living what I want other people to do you know take your take your challenges take your adversities live a life of service, have that fulfillment and, you know, step it up again. So it creating, so creating a ripple effect. Yeah. Ripple effect. I love it, dude. So, so Harry, if anybody wants to really connect with you, what is the best place that they could reach out to you if they want more information about, you know, world-class speakers Academy, about what Harry does, how they can connect with you. And I'm, I'll make sure I leave them in the show notes. That's it. If they're stalkers, you can't, I'm a moving target. <laughs> I'm only joking, right? Uh, 
it's, you know, Harry Singer. Remember the name Singer is in S-I-N-G-H-A. I mean, so many people are going for the S-I-N-G-E-R. So, you know, you'll see the name there. Um, I'm not actually very active on positioning and things in social media because it's just a choice I have. But if you are someone that feels you want support when it comes to speaking, please go to the worldclassspeakersacademy.com. There'll be something there for yeah. you. But, but um, for me, it's if you are someone who's an elite performer, who's thinking like, you know, you got it all, but you know something's missing or you're worried about where, what's next, you know, just reach out to me. You'll find a way to reach out to me um, through harrysinger.com or, you know, you'll, you'll find me. I know, I know I like people who are persistent. They'll find ways to get hold of us and so on. Just like how we met, you know, I, I, I'm a big fan of individuals that I've helped serve who've gone on, done great things. They connect with it like with you and I, you know, Dimple. And Dimple's such an amazing soul. And then you celebrate her, she celebrate you. And then she's like, hey, you guys need to connect. So I, I yeah. know that the right she's people a great human. need to connect with you. There you go. So yeah. that's it. Is that, that's Harry Singer, harrysinger.com uh, or World Class Speakers Academy. You'll, you'll find me through that way, one way or the other. Beautiful. Awesome. Thank you so much, Harry. I have one last question for you that I ask everybody on the podcast. If you had three days left to live, what would you do? I'd create even more magic moments with my wife and my kids. And what I'm doing, I'd do more of it. I'd just make sure that my foundation's legacy is even stronger and stronger. That's, that's what I do. Like if I, if I die tomorrow, I know I've achieved what I need to achieve, but there's still more to do. That's what it is, you know. So, yeah, Beautiful. I don't know how people answer it, but I would just keep creating more magic moments with my wife, my kids, and the people we serve. Beautiful, Harry. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Do you have any last closing um, statements that you want to share? Yeah, probably there. I close most things with turning around and saying, you know, keep serving. Uh, I just see so many people who want to help, because it's a need, it's a, it's a human need that they want to help. Um, and my gift for everyone is get to a place where you can fill your cup and helping and serving becomes something you want to do rather than you have to do. So whatever it takes, just keep serving. That's what I always say. Beautiful brother. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's so great to chat as always. We'll talk to you soon, bro. Hey everyone. Thanks for listening to the Resilient Minds Podcast. If you seriously love the episode, please be sure to share it with your friends and click that subscribe button. Do it now. As I continue to grow, I'll be bringing on some leading entrepreneurs into the show. So follow me on Instagram or Facebook and drop a comment or send me a DM. Tell me who you'd love for me to interview and who you'd like to hear more from. Once again, Eric Bounds signing off. And remember this. Your X factor always determines your Y factor.